Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Pearls and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Kahala and I'm your host. Today, we will continue our journey full steam ahead into Election Day, which is Tuesday, November 8th of this year. And today we're going to have a conversation about the African-American church and its role in politics, how we can be more involved and how we can be more engaged. And with us today is my friend and my second pastor, he laughs at me when I say that because, you know, but he is. He really is my second pastor, Pastor Ron Young. I really from am. Impact yeah. <laughs> Church St. Louis. Hello, Pastor Young. Well, thank you for having me. I love it. This is awesome and amazing. And thank you for letting me be a part of uh, a good contribution to content to get our people informed. So tell us about yourself. Well, you know, I I, I uh, pastor a great congregation in in in, in uh, yes, Cahokia does. Heights, Impact Church, St. Louis. Um, we recently just uh, 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 bought a new facility while holding on to the other. Thank you, an amazing facility. It is. God has been very gracious to us at fifteen fifteen Jerome Lane, and. Um, been with my lovely wife now. We've been together, um, married 12 years, and we have uh, two beautiful children. And, uh, you know, Goddess has been really good and kind to us in our household, and our congregation is growing weekly. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm just blessed and, and grateful to be able to serve uh, the people of God. But tell me, are you a member of a Greek letter organization, Pastor Young? I am very much so uh, a member of a Greek go. letter organization. I just happen to be wearing the colors, uh, the offset colors. We are crimson and cream. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm a proud member of uh, Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. I went over at Alpha Mu, which is in Lincoln U. And uh, I, I do um, work and contribute when I can with uh, Belleville O'Fallon uh, alumni chapter. So I was going to say, here we go, because we, you, we go back and forth, you know, you, but you do. You have on my favorite color, which is uh, red, but crimson and cream. And then, of course, I'm wearing my pink today because we all know that I'm a woman of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. So we got the diamonds and the pearls together That's today. Right. Um, and so how do we know each other, Pastor Young? You So, I mean, I, I think just over, <laughs> I just, which is I, because... You know, over the years of just kind of working in the community, mm -hmm. uh, we met, built relationship. But the I thing is, is one day when we was having a conversation, we literally grew up on the same street, uh -huh. um, uh -huh. not even 20 houses away from each other and had no, no clue. idea. Yeah. Right. So like literally you are a homegirl, right? <laughs> like like East St. That's Louis right. finest, grew up on the same street. And just the work that we've done over the years, we've just been able to build a relationship that I'm really thankful for. I am too. We run in a lot of the same circles. Yeah. And it's it's really weird because you'd be like, politics and, and, and pastoring, how does that? But we really have a lot of the same friends, yeah. um, a lot of the same uh, 
former classmates and then, of course, your parishioners and, you know, people in the political circle. You are just definitely um, a pastor for the people and I'm a servant for the people. So, again, we just see each other and whether it's the NAACP or coming campaigning, you know, or being able to come and speak to your congregation. It's just been a lot of different ways that we've come in contact. And so I love Impact Church. You know that, you know that (laughs) I will sow a seed into Impact and over here and over there. And um, I just love everything that your church is doing. And so, um, yeah, that's how we, how we know each other. So as we talk about politics and pastoring, Um, I know a lot of pastors uh, are involved and engaged. um, And then a lot of pastors are like, well, you know, I really don't do politics. So what is your position? How do you feel about politics and how the church can be involved? Yeah, well, for my personal conviction, I I believe that the church should be and and and, you know, could be where necessary involved in uh, what politics looks like and shapes our community, right? One of so at, at our church, our underlining theme, which is scriptorially based, is to impact the world by imprinting God's image, right? Mm-hmm. So, so what does that look like? Imprinting God's image in every aspect and arena of life, community, and this world. So, we want to, as believers, especially at our local house to reach people down the hall, around the corner, around the world. And part of that, that, what that looks like is the political engine that influences our communities, people of color, um, our local governments and et cetera. Because regardless of anyone, uh, if they if they don't even go to church, they live in a city, mm-hmm. right? They live in a state, they live in this country and they're affected by it. And I think the church has a responsibility um, to, to whatever capacity that may be based off leadership's uh, conviction to really get us involved in a way to say, hey, we can make a difference in a change. And, and unfortunately or fortunately, depending on what side of the fence you stand on, politics is very just vital in that and it affects your people. Because those same people that are affected by those politics, they sit in your pews or your chairs every Sunday. And after they hear this good message, they leave out and either they don't have enough money to 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 pay their bills or et cetera. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that still has to deal with politics. So we don't get around it. It's just about how you address it. And I love that you said that you can't get around it. So no matter how how much we may try to stick our heads in the sand or, you know, kind of turn away. You can't get around it because what did you say at the end of the day, you have to be able to, you have to be able to pay your light bill or, or be able to get a job. Um, And so there are just so many political issues that impact us directly. And I think a lot of times we, we try to ignore it or just say, well, you know, I don't agree with everything, so I can't be a part of anything. So how do you feel Uh, about people who are like, oh, well, I don't agree with everything this administration does or that administration does, but then it turns into something completely apathetic. Like then you don't end up doing anything. Man, that's, that's a good question. Especially living in this space in history that we live in, right? Where you're hearing more and more people becoming more individualized than mm-hmm. working in corporate unity. For example, see, that's the reason I don't go to church now. So you stand off to be an individual. 
Mm-hmm. Well, politics is always crooked, so I'm not going to vote. So now you leave the corp, the corporate entity to live out this individuality. When a real fact of the matter is God has created all of us to be in unity. Everything in creation works together. Together. And so, yeah, there are moments where you have your individual space, but but these kind of efforts don't affect you just as an individual. It affects us as a corporate entity. It doesn't matter what your faith is. It doesn't matter what your color is. There are politics that affect us all. And we have to have the mindset or probably just look at it a little more closely to say, how does my individual effort, whether it's through voting, whether it's through marching or whatever, contributes to the larger sum. Sometimes we build houses in the tree and we live there forgetting there's a whole forest. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's probably that move with politics for someone who says, hey, I'm just going to just like remove myself from it totally and live in my house. But the thing is, you not contributing doesn't stop the engine from moving. And so now people are affected and you could have been that one Mm -hmm. or part of the the, the sum, yeah, uh-huh. to, to help make a progressive change. There is nothing perfect. So if someone is looking for a utopia as to why they won't, mm-hmm. then you won't do anything. Mm-hmm. So even when you buy a new car and you driving and you li- liking it and loving it, you get a letter down the road. You you need to bring your car in because there's, <laughs> there's a defect. A it is a recall, right? Because we got a defect with this certain part. So so so, but it doesn't stop you from driving, and it doesn't stop you from buying cars. So why is it stopping you from going to church, or why is it stopping you from being involved politically in your community? Exactly. So much of what you just said. There's so much to unpack from that because, again, like you said, oh well, I don't like this, so I'm not going to do anything. Oh, I don't like. Oh well, so I'm gonna stop going to church. And historically. The church, particularly the black church, has been involved. And I mean, look at Reverend King, Dr. Martin Luther King and, you know, just the pioneers. Um, A lot of that was through the church. And so why did we get away from that? Like what stopped us from saying, oh, well, we're going to keep the Ebenezer movement going. What about us changed that, you know, through the decades and through the years that made us say, well, you know what? No. That was, you know, Dr. King, that's not going to be us. Yeah. Uh, well, the short end of a long story, I think, is more comfort, less accountability. Right. We saw some progressive changes and we got comfortable in those changes over time. And then we start holding our officials and even the people in our own community less accountable because we were more consumed with comfort, comfortability. Right. And when you look at it from that perspective, I think it's really just trickling down more and more into the generations. And that the comfort, I think, in some ways, we allow to become a distraction Mm -hmm. that there's still a larger picture, right? Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, the fact that people still don't see the real need to vote after what our ancestors been through. And I'm not even talking about just from the civil rights era. I'm talking about from the moment the 15th Amendment was was amended for black people to vote in 1870, like five years after. Not even realize the effect of what it looked like then till, you know, the 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 Voting Rights Act of 1965. 
So you're talking about it, it took 95 years for those adjustments. And we've gotten so comfortable that from 65 until now, we're still not even paying attention to the distractions that have been put in there to to unmotivate us to vote, mm -hmm. to unmotivate the church to be as active when the fact of the matter is we're still under the same systematic attack mm -hmm. of racism, especially when it comes to black people with voting. So believe Absolutely. it or not, the powers that be that are enemies against us, they love to hear you say, why vote? They love to hear you say, I don't see the point. They love to hear you say, my vote doesn't count, mm -hmm. right? Because they see that you are blinded and have subscribed to the comforts or have been so discouraged Mm -hmm. that you don't understand that the chaos we are creating is for us to create an order that you will have to live by. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, we, we just, I hate to say this like this cause it's been overly used, but wake up, right? <laughs> we got like get woke for real, for real, yeah. like not fake woke, but for real, yeah. because what you said, all of that was important because again, what did you say? the decades that it took and then kind of being lulled into a sense of, of being comfortable. And then you're slapped with the, the George Floyd's and, and the Brianna's and, mm. and all the things that come. And then it's just like, Oh, I'm, I'm, Oh, wait a minute. But you're like, for years, this has been not just necessarily that, but there, like you said, there's been the disenfranchisement. It's it's been the voter suppression. It's been, you know, the need for affirmative action because, you know, it's the predatory lending. It's all these things that have been going on. And then when you're finally slapped, it's like, oh, but that's been going on forever. That's been absolutely, you know, we we can't get where we want to get or where we need to get as a people while many other groups of people are advancing and we're either sitting still and that's the best case scenario or just completely being dragged back because we're not paying attention and so then something traumatic has to come in order for you to start paying attention and then there it takes a pastor young to get in the pulpit on sunday and tell you like it took a slap because this has been going on for this amount of time. And so how do we then encourage, especially the young voter, because so many um, people in our age group or our parents' age group, they, they're registered and they vote. But there is this generation, you can, whatever the, the, the letters are at this point, but like when Lady Granger, um, when we were speaking, the 17 through like 25, because in the state of Illinois, if you're 18 by November 8th, you can register to vote now. You can register. So there's that 17 and 25 that's in the millions that they're not because, what did you say? That's the group that doesn't believe. Mm -hmm. And so how do we as a community and then how can the African-American church get involved in any of the subsets, but particularly that one? Well, I think when you talk about that subset, you really got to you have to address their culture. Right. Mm -hmm. Not not saying our age, but the range we're in our 40s. Mm -hmm. Right. And we come from a different generation um, 
of interest, a different generation of education and morals and values. We had to we had to get things differently. For example, my, my daughter, Lord have mercy, she's eleven. We bought our cell phone yesterday for a birthday. He has the most amazing girls, by the way. I do. <laughs> and you know, I was saying, you know, man, I I probably got my first page in maybe fifteen, sixteen. I had a page. <laughs> and it's like it's like, dude, like And it was just numbers at the time. Yeah, it, yeah. But we we survived. Mm-hmm. If you were at home and you were trying to get a phone call, if you went at home when you missed it, somebody wrote you a note or whatever you called back when you get, you know. But but now the interest is in that pocket, right? Mm-hmm. That that phone, because it's more than just calling, it's an access to information. Mm-hmm. Like they don't know anything about a Dewey Decimal system and how to go. But it's at the palm of their fingertips through the social media lens, through the Googling, through the like they have. Some in some cases information overload. So so Absolutely. so the tactic is how do we now address substance in combination with their entrance, right? Which is your TikToks, your for for us, it was BET, uh-huh. MTV, MTV. <laughs> and it was, you know, right, rocking right. the vote because uh-huh. they were aiming the content. At what we know you watch. Right. At us directly. And so that's like one of my fears, like for some, I hate to say this, I say this respectfully, antiquated congregations who don't believe or subscribe to that, Mm -hmm. you telling them to show up on a Wednesday so I could talk to you about voting, that ain't going to cut it. No. It's, It's really studying the generation that we live in or that's coming up and really doing a poll and it has to be grassrooted. It has to be strategic and it has to be intentional on how do we supply substance where a lot of things that they do are mindless. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's wow. I think it's just one of the, it's, it's, it's really that simple, but complex at the same time. And, and that is the short end of a long story because that gets really, it's a lot of layers to what you asked. It is. And I think that's something that obviously off camera we need to delve into and then obviously keep revisiting because I love the way you said that because I have a 14 year old. So I have a, I have a, you know, a teen as well, my first teen. And so much of what they do is mindless. It is. And I mean, just this morning, he has to be at band and all these other places. And I'm like, can you like get moving? Like, can you, can, like, you have yeah. all this stuff. I mean, we have, you know, a little bit of past due work we need. I, I'm like, but if he had gotten a hold of that phone, it just would have been, you know. But like you said, so much of what they do is just mindless. And if we could get them for a second, in that mindlessness with what you said, substance. I think that would that would do so much for so many because sometimes, but when you think of any age group, right? I'm not gonna lie, I love Netflix, yeah. you know, I, I love a whole bunch of things, you know, that's how I decompress. So I have this, you know, I do whatever I do on my nine to five and I drive home and then, you know, I'm like, oh, that is my little bit of time. But again, we all engage, whether we, you know, get on ourselves and be like, I got to do better or not, in a little bit of mindlessness. So if we could find 
in whatever subset, like you said, some substance in that mindlessness that would really help. And especially in this younger generation, because, again, they can move a whole election by themselves. Oh, my gosh. That demographic is so large from 17 to 25. If they understood the issues with uh, student loan forgiveness, the issues with, you know, by, you know, rights as a, as a person, your, your physical autonomy, if they got to understand, you know, all the things that we're dealing with as adults and parents in a younger generation, then again, what did you say? The, the voter suppression would be at an all time high because they're like, Oh, they're engaged. Oh, they're paying attention. Oh, they're getting informed. Well, we really got to try because, again, that demographic alone, like we talk about the African-American community and the African-American dollar and the power that we have and how if we vote wise could get registered and mobilized. Again, we've seen how the African-American vote in 20 the African-American woman vote in 20, you know, Stacey Abrams, it will be an icon forever. Okay, she will never be forgotten. All right. At this point. So we just need to figure out, like you said, that's just one method that could work so well if we could sit up and at least in that. And then when that's mastered, then you move on to something else. But you have to keep you have to keep trying, because if not, you just got these whole demographics of people that are just not um, not engaged. I will never forget in 20, that was the last election that I ran. Um, and it was myself and, and Latoya and, and, you know, some other people that I love on the ballot. And we were knocking doors in Washington Park. And there were these gentlemen, we'll say, um, and it was like a Sunday afternoon and they were just kind of hanging out and we were talking to them. And that was during a time where some some stimulus checks had come out. Mm. And their position was they were going to vote for Trump because of like a six, I think it was $1,600 or something at that point. And we were just like, huh? You know, we just could, that was, okay, vote for who you do what you're going to do, right? But don't let that be your only reason. Like, don't look at everybody, what they're talking about, be informed, be educated, but then we were wondering if they were even registered at all, you know, and those are the things that we need to try to, you know, engage and combat. Because, again, these were young men hanging out, doing what they were doing, and they were like, yeah, so that's that's what we're going to do, because we got one $1,600 check. And I was just so disheartened because I was just like, you have a right to vote for whoever you want, but. I need you to understand all the issues, right? Yeah. And be able to make a decision. And if that's still your decision at the end of the day, but for me to say, that's like what you say about the car. Well, I'm going to, you know, go out and buy this car, do whatever. Well, oh, only because, you know, I can stick a key in the ignition. and Well, oh, but they can all do that. You know, anybody can see that's government. Anybody can see you. What are the other things? You're collecting debt to do the simplest thing. Exactly. So you just have to understand the whole picture. And I think so many times we don't see the whole picture and no elected official, no person is perfect. We talked about that in a previous episode that you have to be able to understand that, you know, nobody's a unicorn, right? But you have to know what best would you say, morally, um, educationally, just in core value, 
what lines up with what you believe the most. Um, because it's never going to be a perfect situation, but mm-hmm. being able to be educated and informed is is the is the end goal. Man, you said so much to unpack. Like, man, you said you said a lot. <laughs> but sorry. but I will no no a great I mean great great stuff. I, I you know I want to say add this to what you said because really so there's there's this generational gap that most people don't even know about. You can look it up. And I think it's between like 1977 and 1981. If you was born between 77 and 81, you're technically considered an exennial. Okay. Even though I think 81, I think it's the end of generation X, right? Then you move into the millennials. But the reason I call it exennials is because those of us who were born in that era we have core values of gen x but we have we understand concepts of the millennials, millennials. Uh-huh. right yeah so because we're, we're the we're the atari and nintendo people uh-huh. but we were also the go outside and play people uh-huh. right so we uh-huh. we weren't we so and i say that to say the burden of making that transition is not on the boomers okay it's it's on our generation that people those of us who have this these moral values but understand these concepts have to translate that over because we shouldn't be tone deaf Mm -hmm. to what they're going through and to be honest this whole millennial concept is outdated we're in a new generation now Okay. And so that's mm-hmm. like a Gen Y, Gen Z, you know, mm-hmm. and, and if you keep focusing on just millennials, you're lo- that 17 year old group. That's not a millennial group. No, that's a, that's a new generation. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And most people and you may you may mention this. They don't even know about, hey, if I'm turning 18 by this date, I could already already register. And they don't even realize with voter suppression mm-hmm. that they are they are strategically withholding that information from certain communities so you don't vote exactly like like it's it's a whole it's i don't want to go go off into it but there's a there's a whole method and scheme listen satan is cunning you said like until it slap you in the face he's already been working through processes mm-hmm. of oppression mm-hmm. before you notice you are oppressed right before you ever get the slap it's too late by the time you get the slap. It's funny that you would mention that because also um, this past, you know, most recent legislature, there is a voting legislation that came out. And now in the state of Illinois, if you are in school, if you're in high school, just like you have to be allowed as an adult or a working person two hours off to vote, you now thanks to the legislation of Rep. Greenwood and Belt and all of them, now the school has to let you out to vote. That's um. And I didn't really think, I was like, well, they're a kid. But, you know, I loved it, but I'm thinking, but somebody had an excellent point. Just think about your son in the band. And so, because I'm like, polls are open till 7. I said, that's awesome. They're expanding it. They said, so when he's 17, 18, when he's 18... On election day, he's got after school activity that may not be over to six or seven o'clock. 
So he won't vote if this legislation hadn't been passed. Yeah. So many people think that felons can't vote in the state of <clears throat> Illinois. What did you say? He's cunning. It's systematic. You can absolutely vote. You are not disenfranchised afterwards. You can still vote because your vote matters and it counts. And so there are just so many things, like you said, that it's the little foxes. Yeah, yeah. And so then we look up and the whole vineyard is burned down. <laughs> but it started with the little foxes. And so that's so important, what you were saying in terms of being able to navigate that successfully and be that bridge between, you know, 77 and 81 and 82. Because, again, who else is going to do it? Yeah. Like my mother... Yeah. Bless her heart. I mean, she can barely work her iPhone, okay? And so I got to do... So I can't... Yeah. What'd you say? I can't expect that generation to reach clear over us to Anthony when in a couple years when he's able... Or to your girls when they're able to vote. But it's got to be somebody. Absolutely. It's got to be somebody. And so do you think the church has a place? Yeah. Church absolutely has a place. And again... I'm speaking from personal conviction, right? Because uh -huh. everybody has, you know, some people think there's no place for it in local assemblies. Where, where my stance is biblically, kings and priests always work together, right? Mm -hmm. um, some of the way the nation was swayed from the political side came from the religious leaders of their day. And again, we were more, more heavily involved, you know, 60s, even 70s, 2000s, not as much. And especially with, you know, pastors in my generations, the ones who now, we now like have the torch, right? Um, it's it's not as many of us that are as actively involved in it, even though that's not to say that they don't care about it. Correct. Um, mm -hmm. But again, for me, my approach to that is that I know that when these people leave out of our seats at Impact Church, they are affected by much more than what you hear in a 30 to an hour sermon. Right. 30 mm -hmm. minutes to an hour message. And a lot of times when they come back in Sunday after Sunday, a lot of their complaint is really from something that systematically happened to them in the world. It's not always their decision that caused the issue. It's not always the devil just tried to get me. Some, some of our hardship, especially when you talk about impoverishment and how that's linked to crime and how that's linked to racism and how that's linked to an ideology, Mm -hmm. Well, how do you how do you infuse this concept within a people? It's through politics. So even when I preach the hope of God, it's against the evil politics of the world, even in an indirect sense. So when we use things right, like we wrestle not against flesh, flesh and blood, blood, but principalities and powers, that's about a political system. Mm -hmm. That's not some devil walking around with horns and a pitchfork. It's, talk, it's talking about we're wrestling against kings and queens who are using a system of politics that God instituted 
for goodness and mm -hmm. instituted for the control of evil in this world. They are misusing that for mm -hmm. profit, for gain, mm -hmm. enslavement, and et cetera. And if we don't think the residue of that is affecting us daily, I pastor in Cahokia. It's not the it's not the richest, right, financially placed in a, in, in a, the world or in the state. And so why not inform our people? Now, what you do with that after is on you. But I do think it's a responsibility for me. We we have candidates come in all the time. You were one of them at one point. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't I don't discriminate. Democrat, Republican. You can say whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. But I think. It's a part of my responsibility as a pastor to also educate our people or give them access to education because we want you to hold, have a holistic life. Because if you don't know how to apply the spiritual principles to everyday practice, and that includes who should I vote for, right? And the reason I say that is because you may mention of earlier, well, everything ain't perfect with the person, so I ain't doing none of it. When the children of Israel were instituted in Old Testament to become a nation, finally, God w didn't want them to have a king. He didn't want he just wanted himself to be the king. Right. But he allowed that nation to be a nation so that that nation can show other nations who Yahweh was. Mm -hmm. God literally wanted his people to be the super center for everything in life. So he wants us even today as the, the church, he, he wants you to not just be a doctor, lawyer, mm -hmm. the stuff we say in school. He wants believers to be trash men and women. He wants them to be in politics. politics he wants right. us to be involved in how does the world see light in every arena of life when the church subtracts itself from places it needs to be. If you think politics and, and it's corruption on Capitol Hill, put some believers in there. Mm -hmm. Like don't run from that, embrace that so that God's light can be seen. Even when you go to a, a the, the to vote, you have to vote on your own conviction, but vote as a member of the, the body of light mm -hmm. versus being overly concerned about Who's going to do right and who's going to do wrong? Some of that stuff is above our pay grade. Mm -hmm. But you still have a responsibility to God, your ancestors, to yourself, to your community. So why isn't the church more involved in that in this day and age? Because we, we have become so self-absorbed that we forget it's a whole world that needs to hear our voice in every arena of life, including... Politics. We got, uh, I think it's, uh, is it Nikki Bazinski? Uh -huh. Yeah. I, I think she was at Power Change last week. She'll be at our congregation coming up um, th at the end of this month. We've had Mike Boss come by before and about. Like, it, mm -hmm. but let people have a choice on what it is that they're doing. We need to, I mean, I can go on about that. Let me stop because the, it, like, no, we, we just, we that's just, that's why you're here. We are not informed. We are not informed. And we don't even want to be. No, a lot of times we do not. And when someone tries to inform us, we shut down. Yeah. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to come next Sunday, whatever the situation may be. And we have to do better. 
I tell people all the time, we have so much to gain. But when you have so much to gain, what's the flip side of that? You also have so much to lose. And so if you don't get engaged, if you don't become involved, when you lose, don't complain. When you lose, don't, ah, oh, what? No, no, no. You had every opportunity. Now, if you are engaged and whatever happens, happens, then there's what that's the accountability piece. Yeah. Then you can complain. But at the same time, people just are are missing the fact that things are under attack. We are losing. And so are you going to sit back until the ultimate loss comes and somebody's knocking on your door, whatever the situation or, or your right to worship, whatever the situation may be. There are so many things that can be in jeopardy if, what did you say? You don't have a say if you don't get involved. Uh, And I think that the church is still so important in the African-American community. People can try to minimize it. People go, I don't go to church. It's a whole body of folks out here in this kingdom that go to church every Sunday. And then now with, after the pandemic, the virtual space, I feel it's opened up a whole lot because, you know, you have the people that, they're in person. They're virtual. You can be you can be a member of Impact all the way from Dubai at this point. Absolutely. You know? And so I think it's opened up a huge space and we have to utilize it. And I agree with you that I believe the church should be wholly involved because the, the black church has always been involved and we need to be more involved because a lot of people not in, in, in any church, right? So past somebody can, I can get up all day and say what I want to say and then bring information. But when pastor young get in the pulpit, Oh, it's all ears, all eyes. Amen. You know, because, and I see that even with my own Bishop, I'm like, well, Bishop, you know, I understand that this is what we're trying to do. But when Bishop says it, yeah, that's what matters. So we can come together and partner in, in, in all types of things, but, the church matters. The pulpit matters. And the pastor's word is what matters. Oh, well, Pastor Young, well, Pastor Young said. And so that what you said, that voice and that platform that you do use, it's so important because they're going to listen and we have to be able to get them. What did you say? Not just that 30 to 40 minute um, or 30 minutes to an hour of, of that preaching, but that additional information that's going to help you when you leave. Absolutely. And you know what? I want to add this too on the flip side that could be taboo. But it also helps answer your question further of why isn't the church more involved? And I could tell you this. There there are some of some elected officials, you you at the time, that if they ask me to do anything, you already know Belt, Greenwood, I mean there's there's a couple of others. You ask me, I'll do it. No problem. Mm-hmm. But one one reason, and I, I put this charge to, towards those who are politically involved, especially those who are running for office. One reason my generation of pastors, I think, are less involved is because sometimes politicians come off as we we just we just want to use your platform to push our agenda across because mm-hmm. after you came and spoke and said here's why you should vote for me we never hear mm-hmm. from you again mm-hmm. what what is it benefiting us as a church in this body and these people who I'm serving every day 
you why should I share this platform with you mm-hmm. other than you know me telling them you need to go out and vote this then uh, you know like you are an exception to the rule belt is an exception to the rule greenwood is in, and i'm using these people because you know i know we know these same people i have relationship with them mm-hmm. and watch this even when nothing is going on mm-hmm. like greenwood was at our church anniversary she didn't get up and speak she didn't do anything she sat like on the fifth row somewhere to the side uh-huh. and it's like Yo, you didn't just use our platform, mm-hmm. but you cared about us. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're trying to figure out how we can do ministry through through governmental dollars to help serve this community. How do we, you know, and so some churches are like, you know, other than the fact I get to say, yeah, such such came to my church. Mm-hmm. Politicians also have to do a more exceptional job with with sharing with us why we should share that platform with you because mm-hmm. to date with our generation it just kind of seems like you just want to get your propaganda across without digging in with us mm-hmm. how does it help us for you to say anything over this pulpit and exactly. that's just something to keep in mind. No, it, it is very important. And I hope people hear that and actually apply it because I am a people person. I mean, I'm just extroverted and I love people and I come from a family of servants. So it was really easy for me to do that. And I'm all about them 89 blocks, which yeah. in, in my mind include Washington Park, Cahokia Heights, like all those places. And so it was easy for me to want to give back to the place that raised me, to want to do programming, to want to do those things. And so that was something that people would always say, like you just said, oh, Kahala, she always around. She yeah. always at a football game. She always going to come down to the comedy show. She always, because I can't I try to lead by example. I can't say that I'm for you and vote for me and do all these things. And then, oh, after I went, oh, now let me go to my ivory tower on the third floor and do what? No. And I'll, and I'll hear from you again until this election time Until this election again. season again with my hands shaking and my chest. feel check. used by that. Exactly. Yeah. And we have to understand the, the African-American community's position without dismissing it or being offended by it. If we feel used, we feel used. Yeah. What you going to do about it? If we feel used, when are you going to do your due diligence to sit and talk with Pastor Young first? And then when he says, so we going to, you know, and be like, oh, you don't ever have to worry about not hearing from me again. If the sewer backs up, if, you know, their infrastructure dollars, if that whatever, you will know that your support or your willingness rather to let me use your platform or let me talk to your people it does not go it did not go um unappreciated or unnoticed yeah so that is that is very that's yeah which is one major reason you just don't have our generation of pastors interested we got enough work to do Mm -hmm. and if you come off like you're pandering for votes Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to be candid about this, especially if you are running for office and you're white. Mm-hmm. Oh, now you want to come to the ghetto. Mm-hmm. Now you want to, you <laughs> know, <right>. oh, <laughs> you want to come to our church because you heard about us and, and you think you get more votes out of us. But then when you get an office, I can't even call you and say, I got this this kind of issue in our community. What can you do? 
And our people really have smartened up from this perspective, especially when it comes to people who are running from in, in different races. We no longer care to be like, look, I'm chummy with the white man. You know, that doesn't matter to us mm -hmm. anymore because mm -hmm. we are coming out of this concept. At least I pray. But I know our leaders is your your ice is not colder than mine. You put it in the same freezer. That's right. So me having you up there to say, oh, look at who I know, that's a self-absorbed, egotistical, you know, nothing comes out of that. That's but right. those who are really trying to labor and do ministry, it's like, OK, you want to use this platform. We know ultimately it's to translate into votes. But but us using this platform for you to persuade people to vote for you. Again, how does that translate Politicians have to do a better job because at the end of the day, they know church is important because we gather. They know the pastor has an influential voice. Mm -hmm. We know that. And some pastors are just becoming more guarded about their influence. And because if you screw something up or jack something up mm -hmm. from my name, your my credibility is at, at stake. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because I shared the most influential thing I have, this mic. Mm -hmm. And so some are just guarded. And I respect that. I get it. Well, I appreciate all of your very um, intriguing and just the dialogue today. Because, again, we want everyone to be engaged. Yeah. Every demographic, every age group. And we know just from this conversation and from others that we agree wholeheartedly that the African-American church has the potential um, to be influential. And we really want to get back to that space. So we just thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, thank you. We love Impact Church here and we love Pastor and Lady Young here and, and the young girls. I mean, just the videos and all the I, we miss the videos. I know we, it's, it's just been you know, busy. <laughs> and, and yes, you do love the, and, and to because her 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 bishop is is my friend that's my brother he he's her 1a covering i'm i am i'm her second pastor uh <laughs> and so yes that she loves impact she supports impact and the work that we attempt to do because at the end of the day right it takes all of us uh -huh. to make a better world absolutely and politics to religion your two most influence influential resources we could do good things if we you know focus on it the right way that's right so will you come back i will come back i told you i, I gave i gave at least the three people list right it's, mm -hmm. it's a couple of others anytime you call i'm oh, there if you need me to vacuum this rug as a part of here service we here we go it's all that matters right that's right <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming. And, I love it. Um, I will be at Impact soon. Yes, do that, please. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in today to Pearls and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you'll join us again next week. Until that time, please like, love, share, and subscribe. And we will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.